everyone and welcome to the final season review for 2020-2021 and today we are going to discuss the Premier League champions Manchester City and I have Manchester City super fan Naveen with me. Hey Naveen. Hey hi Supreet. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, good to, I mean uh, doing great because there's no Arsenal uh, playing right now. So, uh, at least for the next two months I think I'll have some sort of uh, mental sanity back. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so City, uh, awesome season in the Premier League. It mm. could have been probably uh, a historic season had things been, uh, you know, had things been slightly different in the Champions League final. But nonetheless, uh, still a very successful season for uh, Manchester City. True. Yeah. Um, let's discuss in detail how City's season went, and uh, you know, first let's kind of get started with you know how City's City went about their transfer business. And to be very honest, by city standards, uh, a little underwhelming. Uh, they signed, and they ended up signing two centre backs, uh, and uh, I would say a false nine. Uh, thoughts on uh, city's transfers? Yeah, so uh, Ruben Diaz especially proved to be very vital in our campaign this season. Uh, the moment he started uh, playing, you know, start uh, started playing in the first eleven, and uh, <clears throat> he was rested very rarely. Because clearly he made a difference uh, when he was playing on the pitch, and we had our best run when he was with us, and kind of the campaign changed with him coming in. So very crucial, and to say the just he's he's just twenty three for now, maybe he's turning twenty four next month or something. I don't know. So, but uh, yeah. considering his age and considering the impact he had, brilliant signing. Definitely, and he kind he kind of brings uh, leadership also to the back four, which is nice in spite of senior players around him. So very crucial, very nice. Uh, okay, again, uh, he every every bit of the sixty sixty two point five million pounds. I think that is yes, is definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. So we got rid of Otamendi, which is even better. Mm-hmm. So win win for us. We got some fifteen million for him, which is not bad at all. So yeah, but yeah, okay. Again, really not a complete full season for him because of injuries. But whenever he was on the pitch, he was uh, not great, but pretty decent. Uh, I like the fact that uh, he was not, uh, you know, hesitant to tackle at all. That is something I've not noticed with all the City defenders. Maybe inside the box or a little outside the box, he's very open to tackling. You know, going for a tackle. Yeah. Which I think uh, it's nice, and in the sense, we'll come to know more of him next season, hopefully, if he's not injured. And mm-hmm. he's now currently doing okay, even for Netherlands. So, I guess next season, he, Ruben Dias, as well as John Stones, would be crucial considering Laporte. Maybe I don't know. He's uh, not really happy at the moment. So, yeah. but yeah, he's going to be crucial next season if he's not injured. May not be in the Premier League. He won't start maybe all the matches, but in the other uh, competitions, he's going to be crucial. Again, uh, the third signing, Torres, uh, very young again, which is good. And considering the amount we paid for him, very good signing. Not uh, a great season again for him. One thing I clearly noticed, and you know, it was pretty obvious that wide he was not, you know, on the right wing, he was not able to create a lot of impact. Uh, but he scored a decent amount of goals, and most of the goals came when he was playing as a false nine or you know as a second striker at times. Yeah. So maybe some tactics would change for him next season. Uh, 
but actually looking forward to him how he plays but yeah not really happy with the way he played on the wings hmm. yeah so uh, i mean uh, you you talked about torres's role right it seems increasingly uh, you know i mean more frequent that you know pep really doesn't need a striker for his for his uh, formation right hmm. i mean uh, the obviously aguero didn't play enough games the reliance on gabriel jesus has is reduced drastically um uh, and it's mostly players like sterling or uh, torres uh, you know popping and 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 you know majority of the goals coming from players like you know de bruyne and and gundogan gundogan yeah yeah so is that a is that a you know shift in how uh, you know city have been relying on you know a player like aguero over the last decade or so or or is 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 was that was it just to adjust to how the season went i think it was because of the injuries we had for aguero and jesus and it was a crucial campaign with too many games one after the other so i think hats off to the team for adapting you know to playing without a striker and still winning the way we did and hopefully the players we had the kind of players we had as you said de bruyne gundogan sterling foden uh, mares uh they stepped up at the right time even without a striker so it was more about adapting to the situation rather than you know uh thinking long term i don't think so it's going to continue the next season when we probably get a new striker but uh it was great to see the way all the players as well as the you know pep uh, adapted to the situation yeah um so uh you also mentioned very briefly about um Imeric Laporte obviously we'll talk about little uh you know uh, about him a little more in detail uh, later but in general uh, Diaz and Stones looks highly likely the first choice center back pairing for uh, City yeah yeah as of now uh, yes yeah yeah all right um uh, so let's start about you know talking about a little bit more about the season very mixed start um there was that you know very strange 5-2 uh, home defeat to leicester mm-hmm. um and uh, city you know weren't re- didn't really look like they you know they it, it looked like they had a hangover from last season right uh, where they oh. yeah so uh, there were a few draws there was a 2-0 loss to spurs and and by the time it was you know almost one third of the season when we were done with one third of the season spurs were i mean uh, city were languishing in ninth place mm-hmm. right um what caused that blip and and, and uh, you know what is the reason for that you know early season lack of form uh i think it would be the injuries we had right from the end of last season and a uh, pep and his team also took some time to you know adjust to playing not playing every game with a striker mm. you know uh, jesus was not playing every game aguero was definitely out since a long time so I mean honestly Pep and team also took some time to analyze what is the best way to go forward and they made some mistakes uh, in the first half of the season not first half really uh, the first third of the season wherein you know we were constantly playing with two central defenders sorry central midfielders okay yeah. and the uh, CDMs basically we were playing with two CDMs Rodri and Fernandinho that was not working for us at all and uh, so honestly credit to Pep and his team for uh, realizing and gradually changing the way we play and obviously just i think diaz 
was playing his first or the second game when City lost 2-0 to Spurs. But he too adopted, uh, adapted well and uh, that also made a difference because suddenly we found the same back four to be very solid with Diaz coming in. And uh, I think that is what changed after uh, the 2-0 loss to Spurs. And also, from what I've read, the senior players in the team really stepped up and you know, Fernandinho and De Bruyne were very vocal about you know, the attitude of players or you know, the lack of enthusiasm amongst the players. So, thankfully, even that helped. Yeah, and uh, you know, we talked about uh, you know, this, obviously there was this, uh, you know, the first 13 games were, were pretty crap. Yeah. But the 13 games after that, there was a complete turnaround in form. I think City went on, went on a 13-game um, you know, winning run and they didn't concede for what six games uh, in a row, right? I think that um, I think they didn't concede for about six games in a row. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what changed at that point in time? Uh, you know, was there obviously players started coming in, the system started working a little bit better, but surely there would there, there would have been some sort of tactical changes. You you think that you know uh, Pep would have kind of uh, affected within the team, right? Correct. So, I think uh, we started playing very well with the false nine. Most of the times mm-hmm. it was Gundogan. And uh, I don't. Yeah. I think De Bruyne missed most of this run of games. But uh, yeah. most of... Uh, so, Gundogan was the one who was, you know, as a false nine and he was playing way ahead than his usual position. And we know, I mean, he is... He himself is uh, technic- uh, technically very good. So, his finishing was... He hardly had any shots on target, but his finishing was impeccable and that helped us a lot. And at the same time, even Mahrez stepped up. He was really low-key in the you know past couple of seasons. But this season, even Mahrez stepped up and it helped us a lot. Yeah. And of course, the rise of Phil Foden actually, you know, if you see, this season kind of belongs to him. Because mm. suddenly being on the fringes as a hopeful or a, you know, so-called, uh, what do you say, hopeful 19 or a 20-year-old. But now he's like a mainstay. In the team, he's starting the Champions League finals and semi-finals. So, great season for him. Uh, he actually came on as a sub and scored in some important matches during this run. Mm. So, yeah. that was, I mean, really looking forward to again next season where hopefully he'll start every game. So, I think Gundogan, yeah. uh, Foden and Mahrez for me were very critical in this turnaround. And obviously, again, Diaz for his work with the back four. Mm. Yeah. So you earlier mentioned, uh, you know, two defensive midfielders did not work. Yeah. Um, it seemed, you know, Rodri was more of a mainstay for uh, City. Fernandinho playing a few games here and there. Uh, but in general, uh, you know, one defensive midfielder essentially means four or five attack-minded players, and that I think was um, Foden, Gundogan, uh, you know, mix of Sterling, De Bruyne, and Mares, right? Yes. So, uh, Sterling, uh, I mean, Raheem Sterling did not really play, you know, as uh, as most people would have expected him to play this season. I think uh, there were, um, especially on the back of last season, I think there were a lot of hopes pinned on him. Uh, what happened there? Uh, was it because uh, this new system does not really suit his style of play? No, I don't think so. The new system does not suit his style of play. I mean, uh, Maris as a winger is playing well. Uh, Foden, when he's on the wings, definitely plays well. So, I think it's just his lack of form this season 
it has happened with him even previously in one of the seasons with city but uh, next season he has bounced back well uh, hopefully he can do the same i think it's just a pure dip of form just like any other player would have you know uh, hopefully it does not the unrest between him and pep or the team does not increase and uh, hopefully he is back to his normal form even next season like he was the season before There have been some rumors about uh, Sterling leaving. Are, are they true? Are they false? No, I don't think so. He's leaving. I mean, they yeah, they were a f- there were a few rumors uh, like just when the season ended, but nothing now. I I think more will come to know after the Euros end what the players are doing. Right. Um. All right. So uh, I think that thirteen game uh, winning run actually mm-hmm. set. uh city into you know uh, propel you guys into first place and i think after you know after reaching the first place i don't think any other teams in the league were really in a position to mount a challenge that was you know that was that that would at least bring them close to city um in general on in the premier league do you think uh, you know city have what it takes to uh, you know maintain that sort of challenge next season or do you, do you think they need uh you know a striker up front uh, you know who can um, you know fully replace aguero and score you know 20 30 goals for you guys so yeah honestly replacing aguero would take some time or maybe it may never happen you know a uh, goal scorer like him we were fortunate enough to have him for 10 years yeah uh but yes i don't think so this false nine system is going to work forever i think even pep knows that and even khaldun mentioned in his uh, post season review that they are definitely looking to sign a striker this season uh we'll i guess we'll talk about the strikers later but uh, uh a strikers would a striker would be necessary and uh, we are fine back four fernandinho as far as i know has extended or is going to extend his contract uh, he along with rodri would fi- would be fine in the uh, centrally defensive midfielder position and uh, uh, attacking midfield is perfectly fine so i think yes even next season if you know honestly if the players are motivated enough uh if pep gets his tactics right uh, we can win it next season too uh, but i think i just think that the focus would uh, be more on the champions league next season definitely again yeah okay so uh, since you mentioned the mention the champions league let's move on to the cup competitions first mm-hmm. um so firstly let's start with the fa cup uh, semi final loss to chelsea um i mean the the run till then was i think uh, you know pretty straightforward i think games against swansea and everton um but in the semi final it, it seemed like city just failed to turn up uh, chelsea uh, i mean even though they just won by a single goal um chelsea seemed like they were in control throughout right um city as far as i remember did not really have too many shots on target i mean not any no attacks of note um and there were like eight i think eight changes made to the squad before yeah. uh, i mean um, you know it, it was immediately after the game against dortmund um you know why all these changes uh, you know what caused that you know uh, loss according to you so yes i think eight changes all eight changes may not have been necessary but it was necessary to uh, rest the players mm-hmm. uh, for the upcoming champions league matches yeah uh, 
but yeah again i think they made the same mistake again they started with two uh, centrally defensive players i mean both fernandinho and rodri starting it has not worked before i have no idea why it would have why it would have worked you know in that match so it was a pure uh, tactical decision gone wrong you know uh, no point in starting them and a uh, credit to chelsea too they were uh, very good with their uh, wing players and the uh, full backs which kind of they carried forward to the champions league final also but credit to them but again we made the same mistake as you know we made at the start of the season that was the main reason it did not work yeah uh, but uh, do you think uh, this was like uh, probably the, the closest city could come to uh, you know winning the quadruple uh, i mean you guys made it to the semi final of the fa cup and came very close in the champions league right do you think True. city will get a better better chance in this uh, especially considering you you don't know how long guardiola is going to stay uh, he he doesn't seem like a kind of manager who holds stick around like uh, arsen wenger or alex ferguson for 20 25 years but yeah i think it would depend on a lot of factors uh, i don't see it i don't see us uh, fighting for the four trophies again next season because you know it's difficult to keep players motivated for all the competitions each and every season okay and as you said since guardiola already has been around for since 5 years and we have seen you know some friction between the players and managers eventually or even the <clears throat> managers running out of ideas and other managers you know getting to know how guardiola is going to probably set up his team so it becomes more and more difficult as the managers get older uh, i mean older in the sense the longer the managers stay with the teams but uh, <clears throat> i don't see us fighting exactly for again four trophies next season maybe just the premier league and the champions league and that would kind of be intentional also in a way uh, we don't want to completely burn out the players because already they would be playing the euros even that is a factor again and i think the world cup is next year again so i don't know the players won't be motivated enough and it's fine kind of if we go just for the major ones next season and again now when again would be fighting for the four trophies i think uh, the more new players come in okay that would bring a different kind of energy to the team and then maybe you know it would be more viable and more sensible to again go for the four trophies yeah that's true so uh, okay so not so great memories in the fa cup and uh, just seven or eight days later um, city going on and uh, beating spurs hmm. again a very narrow 1-0 win correct yeah, right. um honestly a very okay, i mean I, i wouldn't say the best city performance but i think they uh, i mean uh, they i think they completely dominated the game true uh, yeah it was a single goal from laporta of all sources um thoughts on the game and and do you think you know they could have probably played the same way against chelsea or were these two completely different oppositions no no they were completely different oppositions and uh, in fact uh, ryan mason was the manager i think then uh, morino had been just sacked yeah so, this was game at uh... <laughs> yeah so honestly just purely going based on the stats we expected to do better because a temporary manager is starting his first game but i guess the players uh, tottenham players were motivated for their first trophy in a while and uh, you know so and also they had a change you know they were not playing with morino anymore maybe of the differences because of the differences they had with him 
yeah. which usually happens with teams uh, morino manages uh, but yeah we shifted away from the two defensive midfielders uh, setup and we got the result narrow defeat but as you said uh, uh, city dominated most of the game you know they had some 70 80% of the possession at times even 100 for a few minutes so again we would have liked to score more goals but fair enough i guess we it did the job basically and again i think the focus even then was champions league and uh, so it was no point in you know the league cup i think the final yeah no point to stretch it I but think yeah city just wanted to you know yeah get done with it so and maintain their record of yeah yeah correct yeah probably probably just uh, treating it like a uh training game um, i'm just saying this out loud because uh, i i know there are a few spurs fans that will be listening on to this yeah. podcast yeah i know i mean so uh, efl cup is honestly city's cup to be honest <laughs> that's been for quite some time i sometimes call it the etihad cup also so but yeah they had to get the job done and that's what they did yeah so the champions league next right um yeah. uh, you know the the qualifying rounds i mean in terms of the group stage uh, pretty straightforward i i thought uh, city got one of the easier groups porto marseille and olympiakos um not too many games of note there but i think the uh, knockout stages i think a couple of moments stood out for me one was uh, the late winner by phil forden in the first leg against dortmund and uh, you know the performance by i mean the the winner by mares against psg in the second game yeah, right true, true. i think these were the two key moments in um, city's run to the final same for me i agree yes and it was good to see forden uh, you know scoring important goals just in his first complete season i mean first proper season for city and uh, the celebration after that also was kind of you know not something you see uh, you see very usually uh with all the players you know going towards pep so it was good to watch that way and yes mares has been a complete had been a complete revelation last season to be honest he was the player of the season for me and uh, again he found the goal in um, in an important match true uh, these two games would be the most memorable memorable games for city in the champions league last season yeah um so city obviously uh i mean reached the first champions league final previously they've started at at different stages the quarters or the semis right mm. um what was different this time round uh, was it was it personal was it was it the way pep set the team up what what changed what what changed in uh, you know the european context for city uh, you mean the run to the finals why was it i mean why did we reach the finals yeah why was it from, yeah why i mean how how was it different from previous seasons where city have started hmm i think it was a combination of factors one being uh, you know the pandemic had different impacts on you know all the players and not all the players not all the teams were in the correct state of mind obviously we don't see that but they are human beings too so that was one factor yeah. which kind of helped of course city players were also in a different position but then maybe we managed the players better and also with regards to the rotation of players you know we had the uh, privilege 
of playing our second team and still winning the Premier League games. You know, not all big teams had that privilege last season. So even the second team we play, uh, we were able to win the Premier League games, and uh, that helped us to rest key players for the Champions League games. That was one reason, and I think yes. uh the learnings from the premier league were kind of taken to the champions league also sadly only until the finals until the semi finals rather and uh, yeah playing with again just a single defensive midfielder and uh, stretching the game as much as possible uh so yeah for most of the times in the champions league till the semi finals we did not try to do anything differently that helped a lot that seriously helped a lot mm. it was not the case last season or even before that So yeah, a combination of factors. Was it? I mean, uh, did City shape up differently uh, to how they were in the Premier League, or did or they or, or was the formation you know kind of the same? You know, false nine. Um, you know, single defensive midfielder. Uh, you know, behind. Uh, I mean, in front of the defense. Yeah, I don't remember them. You know, playing some drastically different lineup. Or it or the setup uh, from the Premier League in the Champions League. That is what it helped to play the same. Uh, the players knew what they had to do, mm. and key players were rested. Yeah. And actually, Pep not tinkering a lot with the lineup or the setup helped us to reach the finals. Definitely. Hmm. Yeah. Um, coming to the final itself, um, City. Uh, I mean. The, the everyone's expected starting lineup had uh, you know Rodri starting, but I think uh, that made the big difference according to me and 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 Manon as well in the Chelsea podcast if you heard it mm. right according to you did that make all the difference to you know winning and losing for City. You know when the lineups came up around one hour fifteen minutes ago, at the moment I saw them I had a lump in my throat. I'm not kidding. I mean. something which has worked for us in the premier league and the champions league till the semi finals if you change that there was no need for that i i think pep was just trying to spring a surprise you know by starting sterling that's fine but not starting a defensive midfielder was again i don't know he was trying to play some games with uh, tuchel or what but uh, that was not done i mean definitely not and maybe even the players felt the same though they i did not see a drop in performance from the players or you know a lack of enthusiasm in the finals from them but back of the mind it would be like oh man again we change you know in the most important game of the season there was no need for that that half killed the game for me to be honest hmm. and uh, i mean no knowing how tuchel and chelsea kind of shape up a uh, very compact uh, yes. they lie, i mean they don't necessarily have a lot of the ball but they have kante and they've got players who can win the ball back right that made a lot of difference in midfield right i think that's where uh, you know chelsea kind of outnumbered city you know at least in the key moments yeah. and uh, you know city really did not have anyone in midfield to uh, you know battle it out and and you know pass the ball through the channels i think that's where i think city fell short Yeah, true. And suddenly on that day, Gundogan was given the responsibility of you know playing the role which <clears throat> Rodri or Fernandinho were playing throughout the season. And you know the irony is his entire season, the best moments came when he was playing a bit ahead, or you know playing as a false nine. 
so it was a complete anti climax and as you said we did not have anyone in the uh, center uh, in the midfield to win the balls for us or rather stop uh, chelsea attacks you know so that killed us that killed the game man yeah. i mean gundogan has played uh, in that position i mean uh, earlier at dortmund he was True. a bit of a box to box midfielder but when when he's uh, when he's played the entire season in a completely unfamiliar position yeah playing him in the champions league kind of all games over there did, just does not make sense but i thought i mean uh, even for me when the lineups came out it seemed like you know gardiola had just spent the whole week overthinking True. and uh, thought this was this is something that could tactically outdo tuchel and Correct. eventually he came short of short of it. yeah 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 that was one thing we were hoping that uh, <clears throat> uh, pep did not overthink and that's what he did and okay he made basically two mistakes not starting a dm and playing sterling who is completely out of form you know playing him in the final in the biggest final probably of even his career sterling's career and you know i think pep was playing in a final after what 10 years or something i don't know so um, i mean he made two major mistakes and very rarely can we pinpoint a loss to a manager but this was definitely that definitely without a doubt yeah you know at times um, it is the players not yeah sorry at times it is the players not Go really ahead. following what the manager okay. wants to do and uh, at times uh, some there is some critical error from some player or the other especially the goalkeeper but this time it was purely manager's decision gone wrong and that uh, it's because of that that we lost the finals yeah Yeah so um I want to also talk about the Kevin De Bruyne injury. Um to me it seemed a little bit uh intentional from Rudiger. Uh it was somewhere in the somewhere between the 68th yes and 65th minute. Yeah. But honestly De Bruyne wasn't I mean wasn't really enjoying the game, right? Um do you think him staying on the pitch would have made some sort of a difference or do you think uh Chelsea had enough in them to just close the game out ha huh, sadly he was not having the best of the games and sadly i have seen this even in the last champions league semi finals but we had reached and we were playing against real madrid uh <clears throat> he was not really up for that game uh, for that game either so the difference was made because considering the injury wouldn't have happened and considering we had a defensive midfielder on the pitch it would have been a different game but the injury made no difference sadly because it was not very soon that we you know uh, started playing a defensive midfield it was very late to be honest so sadly considering de bruyne's form and the setup we had in that match it did not make much of a difference yeah all right uh, great uh... you know uh, analysis of the season overall davin so let's kind of um, get a few more thoughts um, from you on who your player of the season was you did mention it was mares but um, do you also want to reconsider someone like ruben diaz or gundogan for that uh i think it would have been a tough call between diaz and uh, mares for me 
I mean, yes, Gundogan had that run of form, but uh, Mares did more in the you know critical matches, especially in the Champions League, uh, and also in some crucial matches of the Premier League. So, but I think eventually it's going to be a tough pick. I think I will go with Diaz actually because uh, him coming in, him starting most of the matches, uh, it completely changed the way we defended. Uh, as I mentioned previously, he kind of uh, brought some kind of leadership to the back four, which was critical. Uh, John Stones was just coming out of his bad form. And uh, this guy is kind of, you know, was unread by the players as well as managers of the other teams, Ruben Diaz. So even that helped. And he was in a very good form. So I think, yes, eventually Ruben Diaz could be the player of the season for me. Yeah. Great. And uh, what is the game of the season for you? Huh, this, I was thinking about this actually. Uh, but I really, just pure enjoyment purposes, I really liked the game uh, between Liverpool and City. Where City won 4-0, I think. The 4-1? Yeah. yeah, 4-0, I think. It was 4-0. Okay. Huh. So, I really liked that, that game. Anfield? No, I think that was at City only. Hold on. Okay, the game at Anfield ended 4-1. City. No, the one in which Foden also scored as well as Mahrez scored. Okay. So, yeah, I think that was the game of the day. It was very good to, you know, see City play that way and Liverpool really struggle. Yeah, I think it was the game at Anfield, the 1-4-1. So, that was the game of the season for me. Uh, the kind of goals we scored and the kind of attack we had, that was, you know, really lacking against Liverpool in the last season. So, and Liverpool were the champions at that point of time, right? They were the defending champions. So, to play like that versus them was really nice to watch. Obviously, they were without Van Dijk. But for me, that was the game of the season. It was a really nice game to watch and see Liverpool beaten that way. If uh, you had to give a rating for the season out of 10, what would that rating be? I think it would be 8. Uh, obviously not winning the Champions League. Uh, winning the Champions League would have made it a perfect 10. But considering the circumstances uh, with the pandemic around, considering uh, we were really struggling in the first 10-12 matches of the season, considering we were playing without a striker in most of our games, for most of our games, uh, definitely an 8 on 10. I mean, it would not go as one of the greatest seasons for Manchester City. But considering all these factors, it was a very, very good season. Hmm. That's awesome. And uh, Naveen, so for next season, um, we, I mean, we talked about potential transfers and, uh, you know, uh, who do you think, I mean, uh, let's start with understanding where do you think the area, areas of improvement lie? Uh, you know, what, what positions do you think City should uh, strengthen in? Uh, definitely in the uh, forward position. We need a complete striker. Uh, maybe, I don't know. We'll see if Torres starts playing a more prominent role as a striker. Unlikely, but let's see. If Sterling returns to form and he is able to play well and with Mares on the right, maybe Torres would start playing as a proper striker. Again, that also depends if we don't get a good or a big striker. You know, If Kane comes in, definitely Torres won't play in the forward position. And uh, Jesus, 
he has been decent but i don't see him starting every game again even in the next season so as far as potential transfers are concerned one striker is definitely needed uh, because i don't see us sustaining with a false nine for long and uh, there are rumors that you know laporte or bernardo silva might not might not want to remain with us next season so it's a very underrated role that bernardo silva plays you know for the uh, for the team yeah and yeah. we might not realize it now but we would want to find a replacement for him to next season if he's you know willing to leave the team so two hmm. uh, definite positions is one where bernardo silva plays uh, mostly as a right midfielder or as a right winger very rarely as a right winger last season and definitely a striker so these are the potential transfers i see next season and areas of and, improvement uh, uh, yeah mm-hmm. areas of improvement uh, no no uh, so, yeah. before you before you finish yeah, yeah. so you were saying uh, uh, we also talked about laporta earlier uh, so where do you think these you know i mean why why would you want to look for a move out of city at this point in time is it because he hasn't started enough games or does he just not um, you know suit into that back line alongside uh, diaz so i don't think so he does not suit in the back line as such but probably pep sees a lot uh, i mean john stones and ruben diaz working more fine together and probably giving a lot more in the training than laporte and pep is very picky with such things and i think that is one of the reasons why laporte was not starting enough i don't think so he does not suit as such but uh, just that the players around him are better in a better position now that said next season maybe you know again we see a dip in form from john stones and if laporte you know wants to step up and wants to stay in the team he might find himself starting every match again next season and that is how it has been for some of the players when you know pep is around uh zinchenko you know for example zinchenko which zinchenko city wanted him to sell around three times we had offers for him uh in the last three seasons but he stuck around and now he is like the mainstay on the left you know in the hmm. left full back position yeah. so that is how it is and if laporte you know shows some patience or he does well in the euros and you know maybe there is an injury to stones or diaz again i think he would be in the starting 11 again but again if he is want to if he wants to you know start every match irrespective of uh how people are playing around him then he might want to seek a move out hmm. and uh, you were saying something about areas of improvement any other areas of improvement that you see uh you know on the field rather i would say you know pep not again tinkering with lineup in the important matches that is one i don't know if that's going to ever stop but uh, one if if at all we are uh, you know challenging for different titles next season again we would want to have a more fluid attack you know at times the attack has been very slow even this season even though we won the matches so a more fluid attack and maybe you know good positioning or you know good uh, finishing of a striker would help that uh, eventually but uh, yeah maybe in the final third and pep not tinkering much with his lineup is what uh, is the areas we would want to improve next season otherwise we are pretty good actually hmm. better than other teams to be honest 
do you think a, a marquee signing like um, Erling Haaland or Harry Kane will help solve that or, or and do you even see something like that happening yeah harry kane the way he's been playing since the last few seasons uh definitely would help us in the final third no doubt and he kind of you know uh does not really play a, he does play a complete he does play as a complete striker but uh, also he's good with his yeah. uh, you know final balls as an assist not really as a playmaker mm-hmm. but he also gives good number of assists so that is definitely going to help in a setup like city but personally speaking i would want to see a younger striker you know someone like as you mentioned haland uh, which we sign and you know who is able to help us in the long run and not uh, you know someone who is already 28 or 29 like kane so i would like to see a younger striker actually but that means uh, city will need to will probably need to splash something in the range of uh, 200 million i think you don't know because haland is just like what 21 22 Correct. And I'm pretty sure Dortmund will want to milk whatever they can out of this this transfer, this this particular, uh, you know, transfer if 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 it's actually going through. True, and his agent is also going to be a huge problem, not the best of agents to deal with. Uh, City are not known to spend a lot of amount on a single player, to be honest. But uh, if you know, Spurs also demand hundred million, and that is what we aim to spend. then maybe some player exchange you know with dotman would help in order to get halim so it's going to be a tricky situation and i think it's going to be a lot in the news once the euros are over and we'll come to know soon yeah all right awesome uh, great talking to you uh, navin and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, once the season gets started in just about 8 weeks Uh thank you so much for your time today. Thank you see you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 6yardspod. Stay safe and have an awesome weekend.